Hello, hello, folks. Welcome back to Lily's Field Journal. I'm your friendly neighborhood host, Lily Thigpen. Happy Valentine's Day, everybody. Valentine's Day, to me, it seems, is very controversial. I feel like a lot of you either love it or hate it. I like Valentine's Day, but not for the cutesy couples. Those kind of make me sick. Or the chocolate. I don't really like sweets. I love Valentine's Day because I get to make corny and silly Valentine's cards to give to my friends. I use a lot of puns and inside jokes with my cards because I want my friends to laugh on Valentine's Day. I feel like the best way to show your love for others is to bring them joy and laughter, especially on a day where they might feel a little alone. For this episode, if you saw my Instagram story, we will be taking a look at beaches. <laughs> and more specifically, some neat things about coastal species and changing coastlines. That's right folks, I did pay attention in my coastal environments class. Ecosystems are really important in wildlife biology. Specifics about the environment in which an organism lives is incredibly important for understanding their niches and adaptations. The environment in which an organism develops shapes that organism on a fundamental level. Coastal ecosystems are important ecologically and economically. They host docks and hotels and communities, which are all important for commercial trade and other goods and services. Ecologically, coastal ecosystems are some of the most unique in the world because they are always, and I mean always, changing. If you remember nothing else about coastal ecosystems, I would hope you remember that they are always changing. There are actually two types of coastlines, erosional and depositional coasts. Erosional coasts are typically rocky and they mostly have cliffs. Depositional coasts are what you normally think of when you think of beaches. They're sandy and typically have a very low slope to the ocean. Erosional coasts typically form on what's called an active margin. An active margin is where two tectonic plates meet and rub against each other. So if you put your hands up in a parallel position to the ground, um, fingertip to fingertip, and push them together, one hand will slide above the other. That is basically what happens at an active margin, except when one plate submerges below the other, it melts into magma. As it melts, it takes up some ocean water with it, and the area under the crust becomes pressurized as the water and the rock press up against like the crust above it. And that's usually how we get like volcanoes and volcanic activity is the pressure from the water and the magma building up and then finally spewing out of the crust. There's a lot more to it than that, but I'm trying to explain it as best I can. Hopefully that wasn't as confusing as I think it sounded. Anyway, when the magma cools on the surface, it usually makes the cliffs. Sometimes if it cools slowly enough, the cliffs become granite, which is a very strong rock. And it's strong because magma is made up of different rock materials. As the magma cools, they conglomerate and create what we know as granite. That's why it's spotted with like different colors in it, and it's really cool. Some materials are less susceptible to weathering than others, which means they're less likely to break down. The weaker materials break off as the granite is weathered, and they eventually become the white sand that you see on depositional coasts. What remains on the cliffs is a beautiful white quartz, because quartz is one of the strongest materials that makes up granite. Depositional coasts are typically just how they sound. Rivers and waves deposit sediment 
onto these coasts and shape them into sandy beaches. Depositional coasts are on passive margins, which means they're not at the edge of two tectonic plates. They're usually in the middle or just far enough from the edge. Because depositional coasts are made of sand and silt and clay and other malleable materials, they typically change really quickly and really frequently, as opposed to erosional coasts, which are made of rock. It's easier to move sand than rock. This fickle nature of depositional coasts threatens many economic industries. For example, the Louisiana coast is losing as much as a football field a day of their coastline. This loss isn't just caused by erosion, though. It's also caused by sea level rise and subsistence. Sea level rise has many factors, but the main cause is actually not melting of the ice in the ocean. This is a common misconception. But in fact, the ice in the ocean melting doesn't affect sea level at all. Think about it like ice in a drink. When the ice melts, does your cup overflow? No. When people attribute melting of glaciers to sea level rise, what they really mean is the ice on land. When land ice melts, it does affect sea level change. But it's actually also not the main contributor to sea level rise. The main culprit is expansion due to ocean warming. When anything is warmed up, it expands, and the same is true for water. So as the oceans warm, they expand and the sea level rises. The warming of our oceans is the greatest threat to coastlines. However, in the unique situation of the Louisiana coastline, subsidence is also a factor. Imagine that you have a blanket that is pulled tight so that it is flat, but then you add a bucket of sand to the top. The blanket would bend to accommodate the weight of the sand. Subsistence is similar. As the Mississippi River dumps sediment into the gulf, the crust sinks under the weight of it. As the crust sinks, it takes the coastline with it. This is a natural cycle, whereas sea level rise has elements that are unnatural. But Lily, why do we need to care about the coastline eroding? Louisiana specifically has many economic contributions to the U.S. It has major ports that access the Mississippi River and a booming commercial shrimp and fishing industry, not to mention the economic and cultural significance of New Orleans. The loss of the coastline affects all of these things. The Louisiana coast is composed of marshes and islands. The mix of salt water from the Gulf and the fresh water from the Mississippi River creates a unique ecosystem of brackish water. Some species can only survive at a specific salinity created by these conditions. If these systems are disrupted due to coastal erosion, those species are in danger. Another factor contributing to coastal loss is oil drilling. The oil industry is full of dichotomies. The oil industry is one of the biggest contributors to coastal restoration, but they're also one of the biggest causes of coastal erosion. When they drill, they cut channels through the marshes and further decrease the landscape. And then oil companies also provide jobs for coastal communities and are a large contributor to the economy in general. So it's a very complicated thing because they contribute to coastal restoration, but they're also damaging the coastline. And then they're also contributing to economics. So it's very push and pull with the oil industry. So communities are in danger and industries are in danger. And coastal systems are so important, um, but they're always changing. So how do we protect them? 
If we do our part to reduce the unnatural impact of climate change and the increasing warming of our oceans, we can decrease the speed of the change and maybe give species enough time to adjust. Other immediate solutions include pumping sediment-rich water from the Mississippi River to reform some of the coastline. So right now the Mississippi River is flowing more to, I guess, the, <laughs> the right of the Louisiana coastline. And they're proposing to take a little stream of the Mississippi River and divert it more towards the Louisiana coast so that some of the sediment that comes down the Mississippi River flows there. This isn't a perfect solution, though. It can disrupt the already fragile ecosystem by disrupting the salinity, and it can also increase the rate of, of subsistence. Nothing is cut and dry with any solution. There will always be a cost, but the trick is to find the best solution with the most minimal impact. However, we can save even just a little bit of the amazing system that is the Louisiana coastline by doing our best to preserve it. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Lily's Field Journal. I really do appreciate each and every one of you who listens and gives me feedback. If you look at the description of this episode, you may notice that there are no sources. <laughs> That's because this whole episode is part of what I've learned in class, so... I guess the source is my professor, Dr. Adam Skarkey. I will link an article that he had us read on the community in Louisiana um, that inspired this whole episode. Um, it's an amazing read, and if you have any questions, comments, or concerns, please reach out to me on Instagram, at Lily's Field Journal. That's L-I-L-Y-S-F-I-E-L-D-J-O-U-R-N-A-L. Lily's Field Journal on Instagram, or use the comment section under this episode. I hope all of you have a wonderful Valentine's Day, and I hope you appreciate the ones that you love. My next episode will be out in two weeks, and as always, until then... <laughs>